Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. The best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid the podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So come on. Come on to Anchor. Get your podcast started. It's the best way to podcast. It's easy. It's free. Can't be free. Come on over right now. And you get paid to podcast. So if you always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm forward slash start to join me in a diverse community of podcasts already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. What's going on? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm your host, Grand Hefe, and get ready for another episode of Unpopular Opinion. Man, today is Monday. College football it was in full effect this past weekend. Everything seemed good, except for my game picks. We're going to get into that <laughs> in just a little bit, though, guys. Uh, how was you guys' weekend? Um today labor day i'm sure a lot of people didn't go to work i know out here where i'm at uh in el paso being this is a military town uh hardly anybody went to work today um which is good because man i get my uh seminoles tonight against virginia tech at dope campbell stadium in tallahassee florida i wish i was there man i wish i was back home right now back in tallahassee so i can so i could go to this game uh but before we get to tonight's game, let's preview over the weekend games, the games that we talked about, uh, some of the big or some of just some of the big storylines that happened in college football uh, over the weekend. Um, on Friday, I believe it was a Thursday night, uh, I picked a UCF game. Obviously, I knew that that um, I knew that uh, champ. I mean, I knew that um, I knew that game was going to be a blowout. Uh, there was really no surprises there with 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 that game um at all as they blew out UConn 56-17 now my main thing uh, uh a lot of the games that I picked Maryland this is another thing I put this on on Facebook uh the other day uh and it's why is Texas every single year why is Texas ranked every single year what have Texas done honestly to 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 be ranked every single year that they come into college football they got rid of um they got rid of um oh my god uh Charlie Strong cuz they said it wasn't it wasn't you know he he wasn't the right guy for the job this and that he couldn't get him over the hump you know they went and got the guy that they wanted and Todd Herman and it's the same stuff every single year with Texas but some way somehow they they find themselves ranked every single year. This is the second straight season that they've lost to Maryland. Second second straight season they've lost to Maryland. Like uh it's it this is it's ridiculous man why Texas is even ranked every single year. I have no I have no clue 
who who is in charge of doing these rankings. Uh Oklahoma, man, um Colin Colin Murray looked really, really good. Uh I know they were playing uh FAU and FAU is was is no match to Oklahoma. But Colin Murray looked looked really, really, really good. Nine of eleven, uh two hundred and nine yards, two touchdowns. Ryan Anderson was good as always. He had uh five carries for hundred yards, two touchdowns, um, and Brown, the receiver, six catches, hundred and thirty three yards and a touchdown. Uh these guys, man, Oklahoma look to be rolling. We'll see how what 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 happens in the Big Twelve um in in times to come. Uh also Clemson, man. Clemson went with the with with the with the two headed monster at quarterback with Trevor Lawrence and um and um Kelly Bryant. Uh Lawrence had a very good game. Nine nine for fifteen, very pretty 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 efficient. 137 yards, three touchdowns uh, as they shared duties. I also believe uh, Kelly Brown was like 10 of 16 as well. Um, but uh, the game, let's get down to the meat and potatoes, man, because every it seemed like every game that I picked that was, that could have went either or, it went or. It it, it, did, it didn't go quite in, in my favor. And I'm okay with that, honestly. Um... This was just the the very first week of college football. Uh, you don't really know what to expect out of teams, especially teams that that you're not that you don't have a rooting excuse me a rooting interest in. Uh, outside of just doing just your normal um, just just my normal scouting, just my normal you know detail um, um, just my detail uh, a, a ho- homework on them. Uh, was Auburn and Washington? Uh, you know they played. They played uh, on Saturday. They had the early game. Washington lost that game, uh, sixteen to twenty-one in Auburn. To me, man, I just felt like Washington. They didn't. They came out and they didn't know what to expect. It seemed like Auburn shocked them. How fast Auburn came out ready to play. Uh, it didn't seem. It seemed like Auburn had already been playing games. For three weeks, and this was Washington's first game of the season. Um, they they came out fast. I thought Jake Browning had a he missed a lot of opportunities out there for him to be a veteran quarterback of you know a senior quarterback. I thought that he would have been a little bit more poised than than what he was. He had a terrible interception. Uh, you know another fumble. Uh, they they was missing field goals. Left and right, I just thought as a whole the game was sloppy, basically by both teams. Um, Stenham he he started out pretty good, you know he started out the game seven to seven, uh, eighty three yards and a touchdown. Probably should have been eight or eight, but uh, but uh, you know the receiver dropped the ball. It was they said it was a tough catch, yeah, tough catch, but that was pretty catchable for a for a high level Division one collegiate athlete. Um, you know, Washington, they just had, they had bad drive after bad drive after bad drive and after bad drive. And that, and they were still only down nine at one point. So it's like, listen, if, if I was Chris Peterson, this is what I'd be telling my team. Um, listen, as bad as we played, as bad as we played, missed field goals, turnovers, we're still only down nine. They were right there. They were right there. In the thick of that game. Now, 
Washington's inexperience at wide receiver really showed. There was a lot of times where, you know, Jake Browning was also holding on to the football, making stupid decisions, but the receivers was not getting open. They was not getting any any separation to allow their quarterback to even push the ball down the field. So that inexperience at wide receiver really, really showed. Jake Brown, uh, Browning was holding on to the ball too long. Uh, you know, that mental clock got to go off in your head, and if not, you got to throw the ball out of bounds. I thought he tried to make way too many hero plays during that game instead of just making the smart play, and I thought that ultimately cost him the game. Uh, they It was theirs for the taking. They had Auburn uh, on the ropes uh, the, down the stretch, and they just could not capitalize. They could not capitalize on anything. Um, but you also have to credit Auburn. Auburn played. Uh, Auburn, Auburn weathered the storm. Uh, they... They did uh, what they were supposed to do. I mentioned on Friday about how good that defense was. I said, I, uh, not on Friday, I'm sorry. Well, I did mention on Friday as well, but on Thursday when I initially mentioned it, that defense is nasty. They was only allowing 18 uh, points per game last year. They average, They starting off pretty good on, on, on the right foot this year uh, with with 16 against a, you know an offense that I think is going to be pretty high power in Washington once they get everything rolling you know uh so that defense is for real uh another thing that you know that's that's you know that's going to be in question um is you know this was uh college football playoffs implications here now the one thing I do think that's going to help Washington out is it was a neutral site game and that they played so well that this was a you know to the committee they're going to think they're going to say this was a good game, you know. Uh, they're going to say, yeah, this was good for uh, for Washington, being that they only lost by five points at a neutral site to the team that, or to, you know, a conference that most people believe is the best conference in college football. So Washington only losing by five really helps their chances of making it into the college football playoffs still as long as they run the table from now on and they win the, the uh, Pac-12 championship I think that Washington will have a pretty good chance of making the college football playoffs. It that also um uh depend on how many uh teams lose in front of them. You know, they're gonna need some help obviously with the loss. Uh but I think if they run the table from here on out, win the Pac twelve and Auburn stay as good as they are, uh well, if they stay ranked like they are now and they either beat Alabama or battle Alabama, I think that Washington could find themselves into the college football playoffs. Uh, with a little bit of help. Now, moving right along, man. Another game that I picked that didn't go the way that I that I wanted it to go, or that I thought that it should have went, was uh the Michigan and Notre Dame game. I picked Michigan to win that game. I when I originally picked it though, I did pick it. I did pick it to be pretty pretty close. Uh, I picked Michigan to win that game, twenty four to twenty. You know. The, it was twenty four seventeen uh, Notre Dame. Here, to me, here is another case of of a team that didn't look ready to play. They didn't come out. They didn't come out ready to play in this game. I I, I thought I thought uh, Shea Patterson kind of started out slow, even though his stats looked pretty good. He was twenty of thirty two twenty seven in the interception. Uh, Wimbush, uh, Michigan defense had no answer for Wimbush. Every time he took off and ran, it was seven, eight, ten yards. Probably every uh, every time he 
every time he 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 put the ball down and ran, he had 19 carries. He was their leading rusher, uh, leading leading go getter. I thought a lot of the times that that he was running, it was because he almost had to, not really had to, but he but that was that would have been in their best interest to do. Uh, you know, he he's really not a a a great passer. He was 12 or 22. 170 yards, one touchdown, one interceptions. Now, one thing I will say going back to Shea Patterson was is um he's a great thrower on the run. When he's going to his right, he's going through to his left, he can really zip that ball in there. And I, I, I thought Michigan didn't do a good job of putting him in those kind of situations. When he was in the pocket, he looked a little flustered. The offensive line also wasn't blocking because Notre Dame defensive line was vicious. Them boys was getting after the quarterback. I just thought, you know, Shea Patterson, I thought that they probably could have did a little bit better job uh, with, um, I thought they, I thought they could have did a little bit of better job by, by getting him out on the edge, doing what, uh, doing what he does best, you know, but uh, they, for whatever reason, their offensive coordinator thought that it'd be better you know, if they did that, Michigan, they did have uh, two turnovers, the interception and a fumble, uh, you know, uh, I, and I think that was the difference. I think Michigan Michigan got back in the game too late, you know, they uh, and, 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 and by that time it was already um, it was already too late. Once you get once you lose the momentum, not to mention they were playing already in South Bend. So you came out. You came out flat already, you know. You already came out flat on the road. Good teams is not going to let you beat them at home and you coming out flat. And I thought, you know, that 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 Michigan didn't do a good job when they came out. Uh they had three three sacks, three three costly sacks that was as well uh Michigan. So I I you know, I think Michigan is going to be a good football team as well. I don't think this loss the same as as Washington, I think this loss don't really hurt them as 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 much, being that they lost by seven. And this one, unlike Washington, uh, loss was actually on the road. You know, the Washington Auburn game was at a neutral game site down down in Atlanta. Both teams was playing on the road. I think this this loss helps Michigan a lot, being that you know they got the the committee already or the eight. You know. Notre Dame was already ranked higher than Michigan in the AP poll anyways. So they lost to a quote unquote better team uh, and they lost to them on the road, you know, uh, in a hostile environment in South Bend uh, against a, against a really good uh, Notre Dame team. All of these games that I picked, you know, uh, I was really just splitting hairs really it when it came down to it. Uh, you know, I was either picking them for a coach or picking them, you know, for inexperience. And, you know, uh, it, it didn't show up. Wimbush did look inexperienced. He didn't look good by any stretch of the imagination. I just thought on those costly third and longs, third and nine, third and mediums, you know, second and fifteens, I thought he did a really good job scrambling, getting the first down or getting them back into man, uh, manageable situations. And I think that's what really did it, ultimately did it for for Michigan. You know, like I said, also combine that with a late start. 
uh, you know, you're not going to beat good teams on the road that way. I thought Notre Dame capitalized. They did what they were supposed to do, and they came out with a win at home against a tough Michigan team, uh, the same as Auburn. I thought that, that you know, when they, they did weather the storm and when they needed to make a stop, they made they made that stop, and uh, they keeping their playoff, they, they playoff hopes alive. Um, I think Michigan is going to be a good team going down the road. I think Shea Patterson finds his finds his his groove within you know a Jim Harbaugh offense or whatever. Uh, the another game that I picked, man, that just went completely in the toilet for me was I thought uh, Miami was going to beat LSU. They they also play at a neutral site. Uh, LSU beat um, Miami 33-17. Now, this one is kind of bittersweet for me, being that I'm a Seminoles fan. I'm The Seminoles fan in me, the Seminole fan in me, is screaming to the, to the, on top of the mountaintops, you know, happy. That's, that's what the Seminole fan in me is doing. You know, the Seminole fan in me is really, 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 really excited, you know, that Miami lost. You know, but the college football side of me my head this is really bad for me because this was the year Florida State needs a lot of help you know to get into the college football playoffs now I do think if they beat Clemson that'll kind of sealed you know that'll kind of help seal their fate because it'll push them right into the uh ACC championship game and I do believe an undefeated uh ACC champion will be in the college football playoffs regardless of who it is uh you know but so I so that's why I'm saying the college football fan in me is not happy because Miami was the number eight team number eight ranked team in the country. What I needed for Miami to be on October sixth when we played them down in Core Gables, I needed them to be undefeated. Because I thought we were a better team than them last year. Even even with James Blackman as our quarterback. You know, we we still had an opportunity to win that game just a bogus play at the end of the game by the DB. He just lets the receiver go on top of him and take the ball right out of his hand. Credit to the receiver, uh, especially me being a receiver. I'm always going to credit the receiver whenever they, you know, whenever they deserve it. And sometimes even when I don't think they deserve it, uh, because I don't think sometimes receivers get enough credit because most of the time you get the quarterback is the one that's being talked about. Um, so back to what I was saying though. Uh, I needed them on October 6th when we played them in Coral Gables. I needed them to be undefeated because that's just going to help bolster FSU's uh, um, strength of schedule. Will we get a top 10? Maybe at that point, by the time October 6th came around, Miami was a top 5 team. Clemson is already a top 5 team. So we beat two top 5 teams. Uh, That automatically puts... Florida State strength the schedule right on the top of anybody's. Not to mention we beat a number 20 Virginia Tech. So that's already three teams ranked in the top 25, two teams ranked inside the top 10. Uh, so, you know, uh, I think Miami losing to LSU is really bad bad for FSU's uh, cause. But I love the fact that Miami lost. It's, you know, the tropical storm uh, came and went as they always do. Uh, we're back, we're back, we're back. And I said on the show on Thursday, man, you know, uh, I said on the show, the way that Miami ended the season, that could really cause problems for them 
at the start of the season. And that was one of one reason why I was kind of hesitant to pick Miami in this game. I thought Miami was is better and 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 even to this day right now I think if LSU and Miami play again, I believe Miami will win that game and if probably they do the best out of 5, I believe, you know, Miami will will win the majority of those. Uh I just thought because I'm I'm still not a believer in in um I'm still not a believer in LSU's quarterback. Uh, he didn't really show me anything. Uh, he didn't really show me anything too spectacular last night. Eleven to twenty-four. That's about a forty-eight percent uh completion percentage. Less than half, almost less than half. Uh, hundred and forty yards. What really carried them is Nick Rosette. Uh, Brosette, sorry, uh, 22 carries, 125 yards, two touchdowns. I thought he really kept them in the game. Anytime you can give your running back 20, anytime you can give your running back 22 carries, that's always a recipe for success. That means you're doing something right. Not to mention he was turning those into points, uh, two touchdowns, a hundred over a buck 20, you know, a buck 25, um, um, on, on the ground. Now, this is the main thing right here that's going to kill Miami, and I have been telling all of my friends this on Facebook. I've been telling them this since last year on Facebook all during the year. I said when it's time to be bad, uh, Rozier will be the reason why you guys go go down. And they was telling me, nah, I like Malik Rozier. He's good, man. You're just a hater. You know, I like him. He only messed up in this one game. You know, this and that, this and that, blah, 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 yada, yada. And I'm like, listen, he's not good. I don't care what you say. Last year, that defense was nasty. This year, I think the defense took a step back, you know. Uh, Last year, I thought the running game was on point. This year, I thought, you know, it really wasn't all that good. Uh, DJ Dallas, eight carries, 38 yards. He was their leading go-getter. I thought Homer was going to be a lot better than that. Excuse me. I thought Homer Travis Homer was going to be a lot better. He wasn't. And when you and when you have to let Malik Rozier throw thirty five passes, that's your recipe for 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 disaster right there. When Malik Rozier is throwing thirty five passes, that's the problem. Fifteen and thirty five, two hundred fifty nine yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. And I thought, you know, on the touchdown play, I thought that was all the receiver. I mean, Nick uh, Malik Rozier, he threw it up there, but I thought the receiver did everything. You know, he went and fought for the ball. He went and jumped up, uh, you know, high-pointed the football and took the ball from the DB. I thought that was all on him. And then, you know, on that third, and I believe it was third and 25 or third and 15, whatever it was, when they got the 52-yard pass, I thought that was just terrible, terrible, terrible uh, ball hawking by the – by the by, both DBs, both of them took a bad angle. Both of them tried to get the the highlight ESPN Sports Center top ten play by jumping too early to get the ball instead of doing what the receiver actually did and in what he's taught. And that's another thing with DBs. A lot of these guys aren't taught to have the ball skills as a receiver, which I think is a downfall to the DBs and a lot of these defensive back coaches where they don't teach these guys to go ball hog. Uh, a lot of, you know, I remember in high school, um, you know, uh, not to, you know, toot our own horn, but my high school, we, we was pretty good. Uh, at one point, we was ranked seventh in the country by USA Today. Uh, my junior year, the year we won the state championship, the next year we we came back and went uh went to the final four. We was in the semis, uh, but you know it, most of the time at practice, uh, 
our coaches used to send like the DBs over sometimes to to play receiver so they can kind of get some of those ball skills. Uh, you know, and I thought that's you know on that fifty two yard play that's what happened. The DBs tried to undercut the ball. They tried to jump too early. And what did the receiver do? Exactly what he's taught to do. You run up underneath the football. You only jump when you need to. You know, he ran right up underneath it. The ball just, you know, boom, right into his arms. And I, and then the next play, you know, he throws the, the fade in the end zone, and that's the touchdown. That's his only touch. T- that's his only throwing touchdown that he got. He also had got a running touchdown. Both of these touchdowns was late in the game when I thought LSU had already kind of gave it up a little bit. So this score, it seems a lot closer than what the, what the game really was. Malik Rozier going forward is not going to be the guy for Miami. If they if they have championship aspirations, college football playoff aspirations, the the U we back aspirations, I think Malik Rozier is going to be their downfall, and they're going to have to get another quarterback in there. Uh, maybe Kosi or whatever Nikosi, whatever his name is. Uh, I think that at this point he's going to be the better option. And if you go back to even last season, Malik Rozier, he got um he got um. He got um he got benched in the game, you know. Uh so you know, he 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 if 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 you're benching your quarterback, he's clearly not the guy that that you think he is. He's clearly not the guy that's going to get you over the hump. So you might as well make the move now because what you can do is you can bounce back right now if you're Miami. You can bounce back because this loss was so early in the season, neutral site game. Maybe the committee will have mercy on you uh, because you did start to fight back at, at the end. They show some life and then quit. So, you know, that could count for something. I think they have to make that quarterback change right now because Malik Rozier is not going to be the guy. I thought... Like I said, mentioned earlier, I thought Florida State was better than Miami last year. I definitely think they're better than them this year with Francois uh, back at quarterback. Uh, I, I think I think he he's he he's better than Malik Rozier, and it comes down to I trust him more than I trust Malik Rozier. Not just because I'm a Florida State fan, because I think Francois is better. Now I'm not saying Francois is, a, is just a killer uh, himself. I'm just saying I think he's better than Malik Rozier, and if Miami have any chance of salvaging this season, doing anything worthwhile in this season, I think they need to go ahead and make that quarterback change. Now, I said on Facebook yesterday, man, and it was and it was funny because as I got to thinking about it, I mentioned it at the beginning of the show. Every game that featured two ranked opponents, I picked wrong. I picked the other team. Now, I said... On Facebook, you know, right before the game started, you know, the Miami and LSU game started, I said during that show, listen, Miami fans, every, I've picked, I picked, I say the way, I picked y'all to win tonight, but the way I've been picking games so far, y'all might want to be scared. And what happens? They lose the game. So, you know, me and, me and one of my friends was getting to chatting back and forth, and I was like, listen, I hope this is, I hope my wrong streak stops here because I'm also picking Florida State to win tonight. Uh hopefully I don't jinx my jinx my Seminoles, but I believe we're going to be okay tonight. I think Virginia Tech is a good team, but I think that we are better. Uh I think Francois is going to be in great great command of the offense. I think Cam Makers is going to be nothing short of uh, of of fantastic. Nothing short of sensational. Over a thousand yards last year. Seven touchdowns as a freshman. 
Jimbo Fisher didn't really play him as much. He will be the starter this year over Jaquez Patrick, um, which I thought he should have been last year. Uh, I thought I, I I just think he's a better change of pace guy. Uh, I think he's better for the the Florida State offense than Jaquez Patrick. Uh, I thought Jaquez Patrick is more is more fitting of the old Florida State way, you know, of the big running back that can, you know, that that's old, kind of fast, but, you know, mostly run over you. I think Cam Akers is more of, of what Jimbo Fisher and Willie Taggart uh, likes to coach more quick, fast, you know, can, can kind of do it all. So I'm looking I'm looking for Cam Akers to have a really, really good game tonight. I'm looking for Francois to come back in in front of the home crowd in Tallahassee. Uh, like I say, I know Doe Campbell's going to be electric tonight. Uh, make sure you guys catch that game on, at 6 o'clock uh, Mountain Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ESPN. Um, I'm picking I'm picking uh, Florida State to win this game. Uh, I think we're going to win this game 35-17. I think that's going to be the score. I just think, and I'm only picking it to be so high because I think playing at home, at home, home gives you a boost, just kind of like what uh, Notre Dame did to uh, Michigan, how they came out fast, you know, and uh, I think that helps instead of playing at a neutral site. Um, you know, I thought uh, I, I, I'm the only thing that I'm concerned about right now is Tigers' offense. You know, like I said before, I've said it again. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of Tiger. I have high hopes and high aspirations for what I think he can do being a Florida guy, you know, being able to recruit even what he was able to do this year to salvage the recruiting class that we had. And I thought he, you know, picked up some really good uh, recruits this year, switching out the whole uh, uh, coaching staff except for Odell Hagens, Walt Bell is the new offensive coordinator. We got Harlan Burnett, which was the defensive coordinator at Michigan State last year. Uh, I'm 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 excited to get some work done. Mickey Andrews is back with the program, not as a coach, but they say more as like a consultant. He's more in a consultant role. Bobby Bowden has been having more input into the uh the 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 um the the program. I think that can only help. Um so I'm looking for Florida State to come out and have a really a really good season this year. Uh and not and it's not like we have a, a really tough schedule. Uh, to be to be quite honest with you, uh, I think the schedule is, is kind of lenient. Start off with Virginia Tech tonight. Go to Sanford. I mean, we play Sanford at home. Syracuse on the road. Northern Illinois. We play Louisville. To me, we're gonna get into that Louisville game a little bit. I didn't think they looked all that great the other night, and not just because they was playing Alabama. I just didn't think they looked good. Then we play Miami. Wait for us. We play Clemson at home this year. I think that's also going to help. Then, not to mention, we've got an experienced quarterback back there, a guy who's been there, been in this game before. So I think that also helps. So, you know, we do have Notre Dame on the schedule. That's another thing. You know, if Miami would have stayed ranked, this this goes back to what I was saying also about um about uh Miami being being ranked. You think about it, right? We play Virginia Tech, who's number 20. Top top twenty five, then play Miami, who would have been in the top five. Then we play Clemson, who's in, who's going to be in the top five. So that's three teams in the top twenty five, two in the top five, and then you go down and you're going to play uh, uh, Notre Dame, who I believe will probably be inside the top ten with their win over Michigan now, and Miami losing at number eight, 
and uh, Penn State faltering a little bit against Appalachian State, almost losing. That game went into overtime, took, you know, took took a touchdown in overtime to beat Appalachian State and Penn State. They're ranked number 10. I think now Notre Dame slides probably up into that nine spot uh, with, with, with Penn State is probably going to s- probably slide out out of the top 10, maybe they stay at 10, but I believe Michigan, I mean, Notre Dame jumps into that top 10, so now you will have three teams within the top 10, two within the top five, plus, a t- you know, one that's in the top 25, I think that would have made Florida State's schedule look a lot better. I still think Miami will be a top 15 team uh, by the time uh, we face them, so, you know, it, it won't hurt that bad, but I'm anxious to see what Tagger's going to do tonight. Uh, I'm really emotional about my Seminoles, but like I mentioned the other day, um, I'm always honest. You know, um, I'm always honest about my Seminoles. If if I don't think we got it, I, I you know, I'm I'm gonna say I don't think we had it all last year. Man, I was I was you know I was saying hopefully we get a win. I thought we were still good, but just the the bad quarterback play. I knew we wasn't gonna be able to go go many places w- with the quarterback. <laughs> Uh, skipping. I missed the game. I forgot about the Alabama Louisville game. That game went exactly how I thought it would went. Uh, Alabama did exactly what they was gonna do. Uh, Louisville did not look good at all. Now, um, just what I wanted to talk about from that game was Nick Saban. You know, he lashed out at 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 Maria Taylor, and this is what I. This is the same thing I say I don't like about Nick Saban. He kind of did the same thing to the reporters. Uh, before the game, you know, in, in his press conference that he had when, you know, he basically, you know, getting mad at the reporters for asking the question about who's going to be his starter at quarterback. Like, that's an unfair question or something. You know, he did the same thing to Maria Taylor a- after the game. She asked him a pretty fair question, you know, and I, I thought it was kind of like more like a statement outside of literally just the last part that she asked him. You know, she all she said was, Hey, yeah, uh, most people was was wondering what you was gonna do at quarterback. You decided to go with the two, you know, two quarterback system. Uh, what did they show you tonight? And you know, he started out the conversation. You know, he started out his answer. You know, as if you know he had no problem with the question, and then all of a sudden he just flipped on her. You know, I'm tired of y'all asking this question. It seemed like you want me to say something bad about him, and I'm not. So I'm tired of y'all asking me about the question. And I thought Maria Taylor, I thought she handled that very, very well. She just said okay and moved right on to the next question. That is veteran, uh, veteran reporting there. Uh, good job by her because, and me personally, I don't know if I would have been able to to move on to the next question that fast i would at least say something like well don't you think that's a fair question to ask uh and then i would have got into my question but uh she kudos to her she did a good job she kept her head and uh and and uh and she stayed on course now nick saban has issued out an apology to her uh which is a good thing i actually like that he did that admitting that he was wrong uh you know um and apologizing to her because he know that that was a pretty fair question. You know, she didn't really ask him about the two quarterback system at all. She just asked him what, what did he learn from tonight? That's, that's the only thing, you know, that, that, that she said, and he just flipped out on her. So, you know, uh, good job by Nick Saban actually calling her up and, uh, and, uh, apologizing to her. Uh, we're going to preview, uh, that's going to be it for today, guys. Make sure you guys follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, at uh, Grand Hefe, G-R-A-N, 
X J E F E Grand Hefe. Make sure you follow the Unpopular Opinion Twitter page at Unpopular Twenty Eighteen. That's Unpopular Twenty Eighteen, all one word. Uh, make sure you guys catch me tomorrow RTL Sports Live on YouTube, seven forty-five a.m. Uh, Mount Standard Time, nine forty-five a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we're also going to be on all week on RTF Sports, uh, the normal times, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, 7.45 a.m., 9.45 a.m., uh, live on YouTube. Make sure you guys catch me here on the Unpopular Opinion on Anchor uh, every single weekday, Monday through Friday. Uh, we're going to be previewing tomorrow the um, – we're going to be previewing tomorrow all of the um, – all of the, 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 the big games that, that we're going to have coming up this, this week. I just thank you guys for, uh, for all the support. Uh, I appreciate you guys, and I will uh, see you guys tomorrow.